It's another week and another episode of the Granny Panty Podcast. I'm your host, Ruby Lynn. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to follow me, you can go to IamRubyLynn.com where it's all things Ruby. If you'd like to follow the podcast, you can go to TheGrannyPantyPodcast.com. Don't forget to hit that uh, subscribe button because we love our subscribers. My guest this week, I had the pleasure of meeting last month while I was in L.A., and I was blown away when you walked through the door. So super excited. If you Google top adult industry director producers, like top 40, he's definitely going to be in there. His list of awards and Hall of Fames was literally, I kept scrolling. So he has, you know, had an amazing career, which he continues to try new projects. I'm excited to hear today about his company, All All Media Social, where he helps independent creators manage fan sites, build their social media presence. So help me welcome the iconic Will Ryder. I am so excited to have one of the most iconic directors in adult industry on the show this week. So I want to welcome Will. I'm so excited to have you on. Well, thank you very much, Ruby, for having me on. I'm excited to be here. You know, I have to say that when I Googled the top, you know, adult industry director producers, uh, your name was right up there, like the top 40. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. I'm excited to have you on. I You sent me a whole bunch of really awesome information, and I can't wait to kind of find out how all this came, you know, from music, your music career, and and then transitioning into adult. So you got your first award in 2008, and that list is huge. I kept scrolling. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think that's a complete list, but I mean, it's... Um... You know, at the beginning, it was very exciting, you know, to compete with the big, you know, iconic directors of that era of the early 2000s. And, you know, to even be considered, you know, even not even on their level back then, but, you know, as one of the guys or gals in the business, whatever it happens to be, was pretty pretty exciting. I, I, I remember the first time that the owner and president of AVN, uh, which is the industry publication, Adult Video News, um, I remember the first time he said hello to me and used my name. I couldn't believe that he knew my name. And I was, you know, this many years ago and I was so excited. And, uh, but you never really know what's happening while you're in the bubble, as they say, you know, you, you don't really realize any kind of impact that you're having. Um, so I didn't really realize it for, you know, for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And then you just kept amassing all those awards. So you must've been like, somebody likes me. <laughs> Well, I, I knew what we did. We, we started out, you know, back in the day, we were we created uh, a rebirth, the parody explosion. We were the, the you know, the, the godfather, I guess, of the, of the modern day parody. And, you know, it's we didn't really know what we had. I did right. know that when I saw uh, we did a spoof of the Brady Bunch called Not the Brady's. And at the uh, AVN show, the trade show back in the day when it was a business to business trade show. Now mm-hmm. it's a so it's a lot smaller, but right. it was this massive uh, trade show. Uh, Hustler, which was our distributor, 
had the video up on their big 10-foot screens. There was four 10-foot screens on each side of their booth, and you could see it from all the way across the trade floor. And I remember when our trailer would play, and you'd hear, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, and everybody looked up and sees basically the Brady bunch on the screens. Mm -hmm. Literally, the traffic stopped in its track because they had never seen anything like it. It didn't exist. We created it. Uh, and they would look up and I said to my business partner, Scott David, I said, get ready for a ride because we just created yeah. a monster. And that's really what happened. And then the whole business just changed because of what we, what we did. Kind of I exciting. love that. It was fun back in the day. It was, you know, when you're, when you're enthusiastic about things mm -hmm. and you're right. creating things from, you know, from scratch, even though it's a parody, I couldn't wait to get to work every day. I just couldn't wait to get to my office. That's cool. Yes. I love the parodies. I was reading through the list and I, what came to mind, I was like, okay, he needs to do one for the Kardashians. Let's take <laughs> there. There's your next parody. Um, I it's think that would done. be great. I mean, we didn't do it, but the Kardashians have been done mm -hmm. many years ago. Um, yeah. the funniest thing about the porn industry is the porn industry really, uh, We'll leave no stone unturned, as they say. We get in there and not just us, but other companies mm -hmm. that, that followed in the, in the wake. Um, we don't leave anything untouched. And so anything you could think of that had any kind of entertainment value, celebrity value, has been pretty much uh, created in a parody when that 10-year parody explosion was happening. So Kardashians, great subject matter, but it's been done. It's been done. Darn it. I thought it was going to be really innovative here and give you a great idea. <laughs> I want to tell you something about innovation. When I first uh, got started for the second time in this business, I, I had two different phases. The second time I was working at a company called New Sensations. I was the head of marketing for New Sensations. And I learned so much uh, from that company because they were a brilliant company. And the owner, Scott Taylor, I got to watch him and learn. And he was, you know, he was a maestro at, at, at business. Um, I was uh, I was in a little cubicle at first right next to the men's restroom in the sales department. And so, you know, when I started, I really I, I suffered for the for the art, for the craft, because they put me next to the men's bathroom and it was a team of big, burly salesmen. And these guys really ripped up that bathroom, if you know what I'm saying. And I was right there, but I withstood it because I wanted to be in the business so bad. Right. I went up to the warehouse and this warehouse was massive. You know, there's there's shelves piled 30 feet high. And I said to the warehouse manager, I said, man, I didn't know there were so many different, you know, porn movie titles. And I right. said, you know, you, you'd have to come up with something really original, like a new title. And I went back to my cubicle and about 20 minutes later, he came to me and he threw on my desk. He threw a VHS tape. And it was at that moment, that was a crucial moment because I realized then that you really had to think out of the box if you wanted to make any kind of a dent in this business because everything had been done. It's kind of like rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Everything had been done from three chord, four chord to all these different progressions. Every style has been done. Everybody just comes along and kind of recreates or combines styles. Everything had been done in the porn business. There was nothing left to do. And I literally thought to myself, there's nothing, we can't do anything. We could never come up with right. any concept. And we didn't even think that we were going to be producers at the beginning. I was in marketing. My business partner was, he owned a hair salon. And so he was cutting people's hair all day. And I'm, I'm you know, running the marketing department with uh, New Sensations. And uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, you know, sometime after that, that we actually uh, got started, you know, from making movies. We, we weren't doing that at the beginning.
Well, it speaks to your creativity because you were able to take what all this stuff had already been done, but then create something brand new. Well, what happened is it, it, we, you know, there's a thing in the porn industry called go sees where girls will come to your office. They go see about possibly working in a, in a, in a future movie. And it's pretty amazing compared to real life, like a real business. Like if you're working on wall street or you have a you know company, uh, these girls come in, they say hello and you talk to them for about 10 seconds and then they take their clothes off. And it's everyday business in the adult entertainment business to, to the average person would be very shocking for a girl to walk into an office and just remove her clothes and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. But it was very, I mean, I liked it. Believe me, I thought it was fantastic. But it was a girl that walked into my office one day and I said to her, I said, you know, you could kind of pass for uh, Britney Spears' little sister. And I read that. Was, yeah, I, I heard about that. And so that night I went home and I'm thinking, and we hadn't, we hadn't really done anything, you know, successful in the movie business at that point. And I thought, what could we do with this girl? She looks like Britney Spears. And I thought, oh my God. And I woke up in the four o'clock in the morning, bolted upright out of bed and said, Britney Rears. I a love it. A parody of pop singer Britney Spears, who, uh, who uses her rear. And that's exactly what we did. We created this movie, uh, which is a, a, a very involved parody of the pop singer Britney Spears. And... Nobody, nobody, no distributors wanted it. No. And I was like, you know, we spent like, you know, it was a very low budget at the time. We spent like, you know, maybe $18,000 making this movie. And um, we didn't know what to do. And I remember I went over to, to Hustler and I was talking to the, the, the vice president of Hustler Video at the time, uh, a guy named Mark Hamilton, who's a British guy. He came over from England and we were talking about music. And I'm, you know, I'm desperate to sell this movie any way I can because, you know, that's a lot of money. And we're talking about music and he starts telling me how, how much he loved old school R&B music. And I told him, like, geez, I came up on old school R&B as a musician. And I said, I've been, he goes, have you ever been to England? I said, yeah, I've been to England many times. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I worked with a soul singer who was fantastic back in the 80s. And we sold out Wembley Arena seven nights in a row. Wow. Goes, what year was that? I said, I think it was 1987. He goes. I was there, or 88. He goes, I was there at the concert. And he actually remembered there was one white guy in the band. That was, that was me. That was me. So out of pity or this, this musical connection, this love for old school R&B, he decided to do a distribution deal with us. And Britney Rears became the number one selling movie that year in the Larry Flint Empire, which I think was 2006. If I, that if is I amazing. Yeah. Small world, right? That is a small world. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, that happening, that he was actually there and saw you. What a he great was actually connection. actually at the concert. And, uh, and, and, and that is, uh, that is a, it's just a fluke of nature because we possibly could have been out of the business before we even started because we had two strikes on us before that. We didn't come out of the box swinging. We we had we had a movie that we did that was that I thought was absolutely fantastic back in the day, and it turned out to be one of the biggest piles of, of dog manure that you've ever seen in your life. As a matter of fact, one reviewer wrote in his review, possibly the year's worst offering. Oh gosh! So that's, you know that's amazing, right? <laughs> that is says something. But you know, third time's a charm. So well, for every yeah. failure, it gets you closer to that success. Yeah, we had we had two major bombs, and uh, then we had a huge you know home run with Britney Rears, and uh, 
and we were off to the races then. And it was a, you know, it just never ended at that point and, until it ended, you know, after 10 years. But what was the important thing you learned from those first two failures that made that third one a success? Well, I think the, the, the key was you, you really had to be original. You had to come, you, you know, you know, people will argue, well, parodies aren't original. And, and I'm like, I cut myself shaving today. So I got a little nick up here. But um, that's why I'm blotting myself. I thought you were um, crying tears. You were so excited to be on the so, Granny Panty podcast. <laughs> I, well, actually, I really am. So, you know, this is this is good. I think the, the key is, you know, and I learned this lesson from uh, from Scott Taylor at New Sensations. He said, uh, always swim to blue water, which is kind of like open water where there's nobody mm-hmm. swimming. There's books on that subject and all that. And I right. really wasn't I wasn't conscious of it. I, I, I just. I just felt that this is where I needed to go because mm-hmm. I had witnessed that everything had been done before. But um, when I realized that that movie, there was actually a title on an abstract title that I created and my head just blurted it out. I realized that they don't, this business doesn't need anything from me unless I come gotcha. up with something that's just really outstanding. And that's kind of what we, we, we did. We, I don't know if, if we were so conscious of it or we stumbled on it or whatever it was, but that's kind of how it went. Um, gotcha. But certainly we look like geniuses because everybody in the industry pointed their fingers at us and say, hey, we got to copy that. So, yeah. And so m- projects that you're working on today, do you continue the parody style no. films? No, no. We, we, we beat that horse, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the rest of the industry really beat it to death. I mean, if you look at um, some of the big sales sites that still sell uh, movies and video on demand and DVD, they... Uh, there's probably been 1,500 parodies made. So that horse has been whipped, uh, fried up, and served on a hamburger bun. Because, you know, you can, only, you can only do something so much. So people will say now to me, people come up and say, why don't you do the Kardashians? Or why don't you do a parody of this or whatever it is? And I say, because the audience no longer exists. We live in a very different time from an economic standpoint in the adult entertainment business right now. You know, in the old days, you made just about anything and you made a lot of money. Right. Some, some presidents of the companies, their biggest decision that week was what kind of car to buy. The wow. money was falling in so so strong. Now it's not mm-hmm. that way anymore. It's a lot more difficult. And the, the market is completely fractured with, you know, uh, girls, you know, selling their talent on, you know, some of the social media platforms. And they right. don't really need to go the traditional uh, distribution method that was so successful for 50 years, you know? Right, right. Yeah. You know, as I've talked to people that have been in the industry for a long time, I always like to ask them, you know, how the evolution of self-producing, self-distributing, like for OnlyFans, your own fan sites, that kind of thing. And and what do you miss about that? And so a few people I've talked about you know, they really liked the onset feeling, you know, where they had a flirtatious connection with their co-star versus now it seems a lot more contractual. Would you agree with that? Well, I think that as the business, you know, got bigger, you have to understand that right now, this very second, more people are watching pornography than ever before in history. They're just consuming it for free or they're consuming it to a different uh pay person. The money is not going through the normal structure that we've been you know, used to for all these years. So I think the biggest difference also is the professionalism of the industry where you now have, you know, agents that, that kind of look like, you know, like they were Hollywood agencies for, for movies and film, you know, regular talent agencies. And they pretty much instructed their girls on how to behave in public 
and all these things. It's really toned the business down. It's not as much fun. Um, we also entered into an era the last 10 years of Me Too. So the freewheeling sexual lifestyle that once existed um, is gone. And, uh, you know, it's very dangerous now, for, especially for, for men, to be, you know, flirting with women, whether it's in the adult industry or any industry, because there's a lot of accusations that, that can be levied up there. And once it's on, you know, Twitter or some other social media platform, you know, we've become, the people are guilty as opposed to innocent until proven guilty. So it's a different, different thing. I, I also think it's really changed the way men and women flirt with each other. You know, it, it's had a huge impact on, on that dynamic. I think we'll look back at this period in history and go, wow, this was like the, the Puritan, you know, Puritan days in a lot of ways. Right, right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I have kind of heard that, you know, from people who have been in this industry for a really long time. Do you have any current movies that you're working on? Let's talk about current day. What well, you got going? Well, current, currently, see, the thing about what we do, uh, and we create big, huge feature movies. Mm -hmm. And uh, 10 of out of our last 12 movies that we produced are on Showtime, the R-rated version. They're on Showtime, so that's our that's our our, our key destination when we come up with a concept. That's amazing. We work with Adam and Eve um, on the East Coast, and we will come up with a you know we'll pitch them a bunch of concepts, and we'll say, hey, this is what we want to do. Or they might say to us once in a while, they'll say, hey, can you do a movie such as this? And they'll give us a rough idea, and then I work the idea out, and then we I run with it, yeah, and, and go back and forth with them on what we can and can't do. They're a very good company they're a very conservative company people have seen the adam and eve commercials on television late at night they're constantly right. advertising their 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 novelty products and one thing that i want to say to people which they don't know about adam and eve and i've been with them for m many many years they are a charity people don't realize that they give like 85 percent of their money away to charity wow and, and their mission for many years so you know, it's it's not only a good company, mm -hmm. a big company with a big reach, but it's also a philanthropic company. And so that's kind of cool. You know, they, they donate money to Africa and, you know, they build wells and they, they I mean, they're just really amazing. The the president who passed away a couple of years ago, Phil Harvey, um, that was his mission right out of college. Wow. Um, his mission was to supply condoms to poor people in Africa. Mm -hmm. And it just expanded from that point on. And then they created this you know, this huge company with, um, you know, people that ran it, like Bob Christian, who was one of our biggest supporters and our biggest mm -hmm. champions. Without him, we probably wouldn't be here talking today. So, you know, it, it, as far as as far as what I'm doing now, I'm making making movies, but it's really slowed down. When the when the writers went on strike in Hollywood, yeah. which just ended a month ago. Now the now the uh, the actors just uh, resolved their strike a couple of days ago. Basically, Hollywood shut down, and although we're Porn Valley, you know, we're still tied in with Hollywood with mainstream distribution through uh, through Adam and Eve through you know companies like Showtime, and so they kind of put a backlog on things. And also Showtime, you know, was purchased by Paramount, so they put a, put a hold on things. So really, gotcha. we made our last movie was last uh, last spring. We have not made it. We have not made a movie since. You know, just like Hollywood, we're kind of you know kind of idle in that department. Right. But we have movies in you know that are backlogged. We have three movies in queue that have not even been seen yet. So uh, we're we're okay. But we we continue to do that. I do other businesses. I have a couple other businesses that are adult related, and um, you know just try to keep you know try to keep your head above water, as they say. Right. Right. 
which leads me into um, your all media, your all media social. Mm -hmm. Let let's talk about that. I had it up on my phone. You sent me a link. Yeah. So all media social. Tell us about that, because I know a little bit about that. I know one of your employees and friends who I've chatted a bit. Tell us well, about that. All media social. What, what happened was we were. Um, we're wondering what the next chapter is for this particular side of our company, the, the adult entertainment industry. You know, that, that's a side that we have. We have other businesses, but that was uh, one of them. We're like, OK, so if movies are going away or we're being held up because of, you know, Hollywood, you know, politics or whatever it is, what else can we do? And then we also, you know, we're very acutely aware of what's going on in the adult entertainment industry with with the fracturing, the move away from big studios, where now the girls are going one-on-one -on -one with their fans. I mean, it's been done for a number of years now, but now it's, you know, with COVID, when that came and men and women were stuck at home, this became a big popular thing. Companies like OnlyFans, and there's many other ones. There's many vids, and there's all kinds of places where the girl would actually, basically, if, if, if you want to understand it, you know, for the, for the person that doesn't know, it's like if they had their own channel and they could broadcast directly to their fans without any middlemen, without any companies in between, you know. And so that's what they did. And what that did is it took away from the income, from the the ROI, from you know, you know, production companies that were making adult movies because they're like, to the girls, what's happening? So we decided to create a company called All Media Social. Um, you know, we have an Instagram uh, which is um, All Media LA, and. Uh, we decided to help these girls uh, create marketing direction, marketing plans for their own private businesses. These girls, you have to look at uh, adult entertainment porn girls. They're their own franchise. They are their own corporation. They're the CEO and they have to treat their business like, like a business. You know, it's what not, I do. yeah, it's not the freewheeling days of, Oh, let's just go out and party and have fun and get, you know, have some sex. It is a business and the smart girls are the ones that are creating marketing plans and and, and, and having teams help them with their scheduling and all kinds of situations like that. So we created this company, All Media Social, which we are fast becoming um, the number one company in that in that area. You know, nice. by, I would say by March, we'll be the number one company. And we literally work hand in hand with women and guys. And, and men. I was going to say, you have some men clients, don't you? Male, male clients, yes. And we work with them to sharpen their their message to sharpen their marketing, to reach more fans, uh, to basically to increase their income. That's really what it's all about. I mean, the bottom line with all of this, you know, fun and games is, is the cash flow. If the cash flow is not there, it, it's a hobby. And so that's what this company does, All Media Social. It helps people sharpen and takes, it, it takes a lot of the worry off their plate. It leaves them with more time to, to, to work on things that they want to work on or, or personal things, go to the beach, whatever they want to do. And it's a win-win situation. So, you know, any girl that's looking for help or any guy that's looking for help that has some type of marketing, you know, reach, uh, they should contact All Media Social because that's really uh, uh, the future. Um, you know, it's cooperation. When Back in the day when the studios were cooperating with the, with the, with the talent, you know, they would hire a, a girl to be in the movie. They would, some, one of the girls would be the big star of the movie. It was a cooperation. It was a teamwork. It's te everything is teamwork. And so this is, you know, All Media uh, Social is a team. And that's kind of, you know, you know, personifies exactly what we do. So it's, it's, it's been very exciting. It's been a, a big learning experience over the last few months, six months. 
And it's exciting to see the company growing as fast as it is because uh, that keeps us around the, the industry. It keeps us inside the business, as they say, and one of the beacons of the business. So I, I'm really happy with the company. Sounds exciting. So tell me, do you have chatters then who are engaging with the fans no, no, we, on the accounts? We, we, we discuss that individually with the, with the, with the talents, you know, and it, it's up to the talent on how they want to handle that. Okay. Okay. And do you do like, as far as Instagram posts, do you help manage that scheduling, that kind yeah, of thing? We offer, we offer all kinds of services and it's kind of like an a la carte menu on what, what the girl needs. Some girls don't want anybody touching their Instagram because Instagram is very volatile. You know, they can yep. shut people down left and right. Twitter is a lot easier. Uh, but, you know, I think I think the girls that actually, you know, that actually are engaged on Twitter and Instagram, they're the better girls because they're active in their career. They're trying to promote themselves. They're trying to get going. What we do is we go in there, we'll tell them, hey, slow down on this, this, and this, and increase more of this type of situation. And then they're like, oh my God, yeah, I see that that works. So we're, we're kind of, you know, we've been in the business a long time. I have I have my bit longtime business partner of over two decades uh, as the uh, the financial officer of the company. Uh, the CEO of our company is uh, Drew Rosenfeld, who's been in the business for almost thirty years, and most recently he was the vice president of Penthouse Worldwide. And you know, we created this company, and we're just uh, we're just rocking it every single day. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a fun, exciting, you know, exciting time. it's always fun to do new things to create something out of out of out of. Right thin air realistically kind of like we did back when we first got in the in the in the adult uh, entertainment the porn business mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and you know with all the fan sites i mean that's really the evolution although there's still studio porn i mean from somebody somebody like myself who wants to shoot more studio stuff what what do you recommend if i if i said what should i do i want to shoot more studio stuff next year you know the the girls in the industry call it um, they call it they call it mainstream, which throws me off every time because you know I'm mainstream to me means Hollywood. You know, yeah. you know Dustin Hoffman, you know Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. That's mainstream to me. So the the the, the term mainstream in the adult entertainment industry is mean, it means something completely different. Mainstream in the adult means working for you know Adult Time or Gamma or New Sensations or one of or Adam and Eve. And so that throws me out when they say, I, I want to do mainstream. I'm like, well, wait, wait, what, what, you know, it confuses me. What kind of mainstream here? Yeah. yeah so I, I, I think, you know, there's very few movies uh, in that realm being made these days. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, back when I first started, there was 15,000 studio movies made a year. Wow. 15,000. Wow. I would say probably now uh, because it turned into a, you know, it's scenes now instead of movies. Right. Um, I would say it's probably, you know, full movies, it's less than, you know, a thousand, you know, maybe, maybe 800. So there's not a lot of opportunity anymore for, for people. You know, I, I will talk to women who say, God, I haven't shot a, a scene for a studio in three months, you know, and I'm like, you know, well, I, I understand why in, in the old days, you know, um, some girl that just got in would have been working five, six days a week wow. and the economics aren't there anymore. It's a, you know, this is a business, this is economics. So the advice I would have is just constantly keep yourself out there in the in the in the forefront, in the in the, in the whatever left is left of the media. I mean, we have Xbiz, we have AVN, we have Porn Crush, we have a few places where news can go. You know, there's a there's a few sites that that people can get you know, the press releases put up or talked about. I think it's now more more important now than ever for talent to be talked about. Yes, 
gone out of the, days of, of the megastar like there was during the vivid days of the of the mm-hmm. 80s where, where women were iconic and everybody that even didn't watch porn had heard of jenna jameson or right ginger lynn or amber lynn or one of these you know one of you know mm-hmm. christy canyon these christy iconic canyon. names yeah she's great and uh you know, so, so it's there was a book a biography written by a great Hollywood producer named Jerry Weintraub. And he was the first guy that, you know, did a concert with Elvis Presley and he did the Ocean's Eleven movies. And he wrote in this book and this sentence stood out to me. He said, don't get used to anything because every 10 years or so, somebody comes along and resets the table. And I was like, I read that maybe 20 times backwards. And I was like, holy, holy hell. He is so correct because nothing lasts the way it was. It evolves. Sometimes it evolves really fast where it's like a, a, a sudden change. And sometimes it evolves over time. And you didn't even know that you ch- that this this the environment changed and you're now dealing with a different environment. So we're now dealing with a different environment. Uh, and the, the number one thing, though, is marketing, in my opinion, is keeping yourself, your name out there marketed. Because as a producer and a director like I am, once in a while, I'll I'll give you a perfect example. I shot a movie. Um, which is going to be up for awards at the at the January big award shows, and it's called Love, Sex, and Hollywood, and it stars Kylie Rocket. Now, Kylie Rocket's a young talent who's just absolutely fantastic. You know, cute, beautiful, just and, and just wonderful girl. I didn't know her. I had never met her before. Um, I never even said hello to her. And I was at the AVN Awards show in Vegas last January. And I, they have these skits. They play these skits, kind of like Saturday Night Live, little side skits, you know, little little commercial type. And we were looking for a lead for our movie. And I originally wrote it as like a Latina, like a Mexican housekeeper, caterer, that kind of character. I was thinking uh, Jennifer Lopez, Matthew McConaughey, that kind of a light romantic comedy. And we couldn't find the right person for that role. And we were watching these skits at AVN. And I see this girl. And I leaned over to my business partner. I go, that's our lead. And it was Kylie Rocket. And she participated with AVN in making these skits, Mm -hmm. which is part of her marketing her own brand. So she marketed herself to to this audience. I happened to be one of the people as the audience. Mm -hmm. And that's how I found her. If she didn't participate, if she would have said, no, I don't want to waste my day or two shooting these skits, stay at home and feed my goldfish, I would have not seen her marketing. That's amazing. What would you say is the most important trait, personality trait to make it in this business in this day and age? Well, I'll tell you, um, and this, this has been going on not only for this day and age, but ever since I've been in the business, you know, which is a long, long time. The thing I, I, I love about certain women, certain actresses, past the fact, can they act? Are they believable? Do they look good? You know, do they, are they willing to have great sex and that kind of thing? Uh, that's, that's a given. You just, you, you just expect that's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. What I like about uh, a girl, a girl who shows enthusiasm, who's not looking at this as a chore, who's excited to be there. I always take notice of the girls that when they leave set, when they're, when they're, when they're dismissed from set, the ones that go up to the crew and say goodbye to each individual crew member from the PA to the lighting guy, to the camera guys, um, I love that. I love to see that personal connection. And it's like, I'll bring her back. She was really good, but she's also a pleasure to have on set. Enthusiasm, 
Uh, are yeah. you enthusiastic to be there or is it a chore? Are you looking at your watch and you got to get home because you got to watch TV or whatever that, whatever it is. Right. Fo you know, I would recommend the girls focus on the task and appreciate the people that are around you. Like I have really big crews on my set. I mean, my, my, you know, I, I will have a cast and crew of, of 30 people. And for some of these features, that's a lot of coordination to do. And um, so it's not easy, but I really appreciate the people, the actors that take the time out to recognize my crew. Doesn't have to be anything big, just a right. thanks so much, a, a quick little hug. It, it goes a long way. And, and, and a lot of girls, you know, don't do it. Well, and, and I mean, it's, that's like the backbone of your production. I mean, you can have the actors or the performers, but it's really that crew that makes it happen. Absolutely. I, and I have, I have the greatest crew in the world. I, I have, uh, you know, as my director of photography, I have a guy named Craven Moorhead who is so, so amazing to have on set, you know, Joel Sinclair, all, all these guys, these, these gritty tough guys that are not in the limelight, uh, but are crucial and willing to, you know, to, to, to sit on my set from, you know, load in at eight o'clock in the morning until four in the morning, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. Um, it's it, yeah, they're, they're very long sets. So I really love my, my crew. Uh, my crew to me is, 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 I, well, I, I couldn't do it without the crew. You know, these guys have knowledge that I don't have. I mean, I never was a technical technical guy as far as, you know, knowing exactly what's going on as far as, you know, get this. I know what I want to see. I know how to tell a story. But I go to these guys say, let's work together in this. And they and they love working with us. And and it's a, it's great. It's a collaborative effort. Actors, crew, uh, the writer, which is me, and the director and the producers. I mean, it's collaborative. It's collaborative. It's, it's a wonderful thing when this machine really works well. And then all of a sudden you bring in the editor and three months later, you have a feature movie that's going to be broadcast worldwide. It's pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool. That stuff. is amazing. That is amazing. How do you keep yourself so organized and come up with these fresh ideas? What's your secret? Well, the camera can't see my desk. Okay. So, you know. <laughs> I have uh, I have piles of paper everywhere. I'm still old school. I still use paper. You know, I like to write things down, type things out. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. and uh, so I, I'm my business partner Scott David is the great organizer, mm -hmm. and he is you know for 22 years he's been the guy that keeps things the ship running straight. You need nice. somebody like that in your organization. You need somebody that is. Um, you know, that's on top of details. Mm -hmm. you know, they, I, I've read many books over the years and it says, always surround yourself with people better than you. Right. I just yeah, read and, a book Yep. on the airplane coming back from New York City. Same thing. Now they might not be better than you in things that you do well, but they have skills that you don't do. My business partner, Scott David and I are complete opposites. You know, he's a worrier. He's on top of things. He's the kind of guy, I'll explain it like this. He's the kind of guy that if I had a gas bill due <clears throat> and he had a gas bill due, when the mailman delivers the gas bill to him, he's writing the check and he's putting the stamp on there and he's handing it to the mailman before the mailman even gets out of the building. Okay. I'm the kind of guy that I got a gas bill due. I take notice when I'm in the shower and the water's cold and I'm like, what the F? Oh my God. I didn't pay the gas bill. Okay. So where my brain is super creative, mm -hmm. his brain is logical. And a lot of times, you know, people don't have both sides of that going on. Right. And, you know, the left, left side, right side brain, you know, discussions. Uh, so we, we figured, you know, that we were, 
we really complemented each other. And I think that's important. So now with our new company, All Media Social, and with uh, Drew coming in from, from Penthouse, I mean, we really complement each other well because we all have different types of skill sets and it really makes for a, a good company. That's perfect. Yeah, I just finished a book called 10X versus 2X and it talks about focusing on that 20%. And then what you do is you hire a team for that 80% that's taking up your time from you know the 20%. And so that really, you're really on track there. It's like, you don't need yeah. to know everything. You know, it's really funny that you said that because I am working on an outside project outside the adult industry. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's a TV show. And um, the the people that I have involved in this show are are amazing. I mean, they're great. And one of the main guys who's a big mogul in the industry, he took me aside and he said, take the 30,000 foot view. Don't feel that you have to do everything. Now, he understands that in the adult entertainment business, we have to do everything ourselves because the budgets are not high. And so you have to wear, you know, 15, literally 15 different hats, you know, right, writer, right. marketer, to, you know, overseeing the editing, um, all these different tasks that you have to do directing and, 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 and organizing. So he said, take the view. It's, it's you're the creator of the show. But watch and put the right people in place and let them do what they want to do. Now, that's very difficult for me. I'll tell you, it, it, like on writing um, on this particular show, I'm not even looked at as a writer. And that's really what I am. I'm a writer. And they have other people, you know, you know, now that the writer's strike is over, there's other people involved that are writers with track records in television, for example. And it's very difficult for a guy like me who has been kind of controlling every aspect of every production for all these mm -hmm. years to right. kind of like back up and say, okay, I'm going to take a 30,000 foot view. I'm going to run stuff. I'm going to participate, but I'm going to put the right people in place. And that is not an easy transition for a guy like me, who's kind of an alpha male, uh, you know, Leo, let's get this thing done. This is my way. Cause I've had a history of being so successful that it's difficult to realize that there's a higher goal. There's a bigger place I want to get to. Mm -hmm. And if I try to control it, I will never reach that bigger place. Simple as that. So this TV show, that's, that's really like your next step. That's your 10X. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done a few over the years, you know, to, to not, not any success. I do have one TV show now, a different one that uh, starting, it's going to be making the film festival run, you know, it just got accepted to South by Southwest. So we'll see how that goes. But, and that's a show I did um, um, uh, with producers. I did it with uh, Ice-T and Chuck D from Public Enemy. They were executive producers on the show. And, and uh, it, it was a show, uh, you know, ironically, this is a, the ironic part about life. This is what makes life so exciting. It's about the, it's about the black gang culture. Oh, interesting. And here I am, a white guy. And, um, um, but I partnered up with a guy from Atlanta who used to be a uh, a, a crip gangbanger? Gang member. Wow. He's a corporate executive now, and um, you know he had a hell of a story to tell. So we told the story, and we'll see how that goes. And and it's very exciting, you know, to do things that are out of your wheelhouse. I mean, you know, it's yep. it's 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 exciting. It's nerve wracking. It's scary because, you know, at first there's not a a, a dime. There's not a penny. You know that, that right. comes in from that. It's a mm -hmm. long process. But it's also the kind of process that if you if you give up, you might as well just go home. 
And, you know, I, I, I've never given up in my life. I've, I've always tried to get, you know, someplace. Not, I'm not always successful. As a matter of fact, you know, I'm not successful nearly all the time. But the times that I am successful give you such ammunition to continue to try to find that next level, whatever that is. I mean, you know, yes. I think I would only be unhappy if somebody said, hey, you could be very successful selling widgets. I'd be like, you know, I'm not really into that, you know. Uh, my business partner, on the other hand, would be like, great, let's go. How do we start a widget? How do we make a widget? So th th we're different like that. But I think I think keeping goals, no matter where you are in your career, no matter how old you are, I think it's super important. I have goals. I have things I want to do. Whether I reach them, I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I think I will. But we'll see. You know. But it's all. It, it all takes time. It's all. Everything's in its own time. When it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. I always say, keep your eye on the prize. You know. And the process that gets you there, you know, kind of lean into that process and enjoy it. Uh, I keep telling myself that I don't always practice what I preach, but yeah, well, neither do I. If you had to go back and tell your 25 year old self one thing um, based on what you know now, what would you tell yourself? Hmm. That's a, that's always a good question. You know, I, I don't know. I maybe maybe don't sell that Netflix and Apple stock. That might oh have been, yeah, that might have been uh, a, a good one. You know, you Dang. know. Listen, life is filled with zigs and zags. Mm -hmm. and, uh, sometimes, um, sometimes you zig when you should have zagged, and you don't really know it until it's over and it's in the rear view, and you look back and you go, "Oh, I should have, I should have, uh, I should have done that, or I right. should have." sued that and you don't really know so i don't really have any advice for myself uh -huh. uh, i think uh i think i've enjoyed both my careers my you know 20 year music career mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. my now this 20 plus year career in this business i've enjoyed them i i never took anything very seriously like like you know it was not life or death to me you know you know the you, you go through ups and downs in life you know my life is up and down like that and sometimes you have great projects to work on. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes things go your way. Sometimes they don't. But I never concern myself about that. I don't worry about the future. I don't worry about anything. I just keep, you know, trying to do things. So I don't really think I have any advice for myself back in the day that would be earth shattering because I've enjoyed my life. I mean, I've had, you know, I've, to, I've played all over the world, you know, concerts with award-winning artists, you know. And that was that was one of my early goals when I was younger, when I was taking piano lessons. I was like, how can I turn this into something interesting? My friends were like, ah, you can't do that. That's impossible. I was, you know, I'm from Milwaukee. How am I going to play with Grammy award winning artists? But I, I figured it out and I did. And, you know, and, and some of those relationships, you know, are still strong today. And some of them started back in the 80s, the 90s, you know, you know, when I first came out to California and I got a job. You know, what, you know what my job was? I got a job scoring music for pornos in 1983. Wow. You, that? you know, back in the day, the chicka bucka, chicka bucka, chicka, that kind of. Right. I was one of the guys making those those soundtracks, you know, and and uh, I, I there's a, there's an old school site. I can't remember what it's called, but it it, it shows classic movies from the 80s, you know, all the, the golden porn. And there's a review and it said it talked about this movie and, you know, whether it's a good review or not, I don't remember, but it was a. Uh, it was a movie by a guy named Roy Karch, who was a director, one of the first directors to ever shoot on videotape, possibly yes. the first. And he I, was I've heard very, you talk about him, I think, when I met you last friend. month. Very yes. good friend of mine. And he passed away a couple of years ago. And um, um, 
um, anyway, I did m music for, you know, for him and many others. And um, I thought it was really good. So I read this article. It wasn't good. It wasn't good music at all. Believe me, I listen to it now and I'm like, oh my God. But you know, when you're a kid and you're doing it, you, you don't, you don't, you, you just, the fact that you're, you're doing music for a porn movie. Oh my God. How cool is this? Cause that's bad that's, to make sure porn movies in theaters. That is yeah. very cool. Yeah. So, so this, this music, bow chicka wow chicka wow chicka wow i completely lost my train of thought just now see this is what happens when you get older this is what happens when the face of age is creeping up and you i had a great story to tell and i completely forgot what i was going to tell you no i get it you can't see my desk but i have like all these reminders of the questions i need to ask you and then i was like wait what question was i asking i can't find it now <laughs> Well, it'll, 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 maybe it'll come to me. Maybe after the it'll podcast, come it'll come to me, which is, you that's know, probably, right. And then you can just tell me then, you know, but it was, it, it, I, I, the point I was trying to make kind of was the fact that I, I, I used to, I, I came out here to do these scores and, and, you know, and then from there I went on to a, you know, a real music career. But by the way, I, gotta tell you, I used to FedEx music from Milwaukee to LA to these directors. They would say, hey, I need 35 minutes of music and I need a 90 second theme song. And I would write it and record it and send it out on the tape. And um, um, uh, oh, I, one of the things I was going to tell you is, so this is long distance, long distance music. You know, the, the director would call me and say, I kind of want some up tempo, maybe a little funky or a little, little, you know, chicka wah wah, whatever. And then I would do it and they go, oh, it's great. I love it. It's fantastic. So one time I decided to fly out to California. I, I was like 23 years old. And I got on a plane, I flew to California, and I went to the studio where the guy, the director told me he was shooting that day. And I was young and shy and kind of, you know, a little nervous. I, I didn't know what to expect. And I walk on the set at Gourmet Video in the 80s. And there's a guy and a girl engaged in great sex. I mean, it was, to me, it was like, oh my God, this is how you're supposed to do it, you know? My sex up to that point was, you know, awkward and, you know, not the greatest. These guys were, so they took a break and the girl comes out to get a soda and I start talking to her. I said, Hey, so, um, uh, yeah, how long, how long have you been, um, how long have you been dating that guy? She goes dating him. She goes, I just met him this morning. I could not wrap my head around the fact that they were having sex so wonderfully, beautifully. Right. And they had just met and, and, and it blew me away. The guy couldn't finish the scene. He just couldn't finish the scene. So Roy Karch, the director comes up to me and the guy was a skinny guy you know and back then i was really skinny and i could kind of fit that vibe he goes roy goes let me shoot you from your torso down and uh if you could just finish the scene and you know on the girl i was like my mind is going what i just flew into la and you want me to finish the scene i couldn't do it i declined so that was one of the times i zigged when i should have zagged there you go. There you go. Zigged when I should have zigged. So, you know, it was, it was, it was interesting, but you know, that was all a learning process for what then happened 20 years after that fact. You know, I remember going on, on another set and there was cocaine on the set. I had never seen cocaine before. I'd never, I'd never done it. And I was, and anyway, the movie Boogie Nights, you know, people think, oh, that's a great movie. Oh, yeah. It's not real. It was real. That's kind of how it was back in those days. You know, it was, a lot of crazy fun and um, mm -hmm. you know, in, in a lot of instances, it was illegal to shoot porn. You know, people, people, gotcha. you know, the girls today, girls and guys today have no idea. People went to jail for years mm -hmm. uh, on federal indictments um, of, 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 you know, pornography. 
So wow. we have it really easy now compared to how people had it yeah. in the day when everything was secret and you met at the Northridge Mall and got into a van and you didn't know what house you were going to. <laughs> it's a different different world now. Uh, but all that was part of the evolution, and you know that makes right. up that made up you know a, a huge part of my life. You know all these little mini mm -hmm. adventures rolled into one big, uh, one big uh, thing. So if I ever write my memoirs, I was I just have, gonna I, say you gotta I write ever, a book. I will write a book if I have success in in, in television. Then then I'll have, then I'll have three X. I need three X: music, adult, and television. So if I do I have success. It. I'll write my memoirs. My mother, who passed away a number of years ago, gave me the title to my memoirs. She didn't realize it at the time, but she gave me the title. She was very, very sick. She was dying. And she said to me the following. She says, I know you have this company and I know you do really well. But I just, all I can think about is 20 years of piano lessons down the drain. Oh. So that will be the title of my memoirs. I love it. I love Did it. I okay. Written. Yeah. <gasps> That is perfect. Well, I sure appreciate you coming on the show and telling your story. I love hearing, you know, all these things and also how, you know, it's evolved for you and what you have going on. Tell people if they're interested in your social media management, where can they contact you? They can go on, on Instagram and, and look at, uh, you know, our Twitter and Instagram is, is all media LA. Very simple. All Media Social, this is All Media LA. We've had All Media as a part of our name of our companies since the 90s. Okay. You know, when I started a music company back in the day called All Media Entertainment, and we've had, you know, different versions of that company for years. And now we're All Media, we have a company called All Media Social. They can go on there or they can, uh, they can reach out to me if they know somebody that knows me. Just, okay. you know. And you have them. a website too for that? AllMediaSocial.com. Okay. Very awesome. simple. And, and, and basically, if you are a creator and mm -hmm. you need help and you want to ease your workload and uh, you want to go with the best, uh, we're looking for people that have a, a reach, that have actually subscribers, that have fans mm -hmm. that, that, are, that are of some uh, level of, uh, of popularity. Right. And uh, we, will, uh, we, will be your, we will be your team. Awesome. Sounds like a win-win. Could be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Good luck yeah. at ABN. Bring I another you, award I, home I would be good. You know, hang, hang up again on the uh, on the with the clothespins. That's great. Yeah, you know yeah. the whole granny panty thing. Love it. I love it. <laughs> but well, thank you again, Will. I'm so excited I got to meet you and you know chat with you. And Is the time I, over already. My God. Yeah. Seemed like it just I know. like that. Yeah.